0: what's up ladies and gentlemen boys and girls hello 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 it is i christopher roush your no excuses coach here back with a raw unscripted show your place where i help you overcome your yourself created crap about the self-help fluffy bullshit good evening ladies and gentlemen whether you're here live or on the replay thank you thank you thank you and uh blah 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 something something about it's having a problem streaming on linkedin um i don't know what the hell we'll just say remove uh remove Whatever. remove Not sure what's going on there, but... Um, Hopefully you guys can see me Uh, Something just came up saying My LinkedIn connection wasn't good So it looks like we're here On YouTube and Facebook Thank you guys for being here The Raw and Inscripted Show Christopher Roush Your No Excuses Coach Love you guys Appreciate you guys being here Whether you're live or on the replay Every single Tuesday 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time Live on the video cast If you guys are listening to this On the podcast um, We uh, congregate on Facebook YouTube, LinkedIn And all the different various pages You guys can find me Master Motivators The Kick-Ass Guide to Life Of course And the Raw and Inscripted Group On Facebook So thank you guys all for being here. Darlene's in the house. What's up, Darlene? Thank you for being here. She says, hey, buddy, what's up? What's up from Florida? We got Susan Day in the house. Susan, it's a blessing to see you. It's been a minute. I hope you're doing well. I hope everything's going good in life. Uh, Thank you guys for being here. I appreciate you guys. So yeah, um, what's going on? What's going on? It's Tuesday night. This is a special show, God, uh, the truth be told. Um, I guess that was supposed to be on here tonight, unfortunately I had to go into surgery. Um, so we are going to be here, uh, just you and I, just us here, the Ron unscripted show with you and I. And one of the things I want to say early on is this questions and comments are always welcome here on the Ron unscripted show. This can be an intimate conversation between the you, between the both of us, because tonight is a celebration. Tonight is a celebration of life because me, me, Christopher Roush, I'm going to have a birthday on Saturday. I'm going to have a birthday on Saturday. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to be 35. I am finally going to be 35. What's up, Tom? What's up? Welcome to the the house, brother. Uh, Tom is very kick-ass. He says, what's up? Hey, what's up, Robert? Uh, Robert's saying hello to everybody. So yeah, uh, this coming Saturday, the 26th yours truly will be celebrating his 53rd birthday 53 baby 53 years on this spinning blue marble in space yes 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 um so i thought you know with the uh, show uh availability coming up i could have got an extra guest i could have got i could have done something but uh you know i was sitting there thinking about my celebration of life and i thought you know what i'm just gonna let you guys in on my life and show you some pictures and tell some stories how about that you know obviously the stories will have lessons of course that's what this show is about is 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 sharing things from my nature and things about my life that can help you guys move forward in your uh personal journey so i thought it'd be kind of cool you know uh celebrate life how often do we do these on podcasts, right? You know, we're often, you know, talking about the serious subjects and everything else, but, uh, I figured I love you guys. You're a part of my family. So what better way to kind of spend 45 minutes and, uh, just sharing, uh, some pictures of, from my life, some stories that maybe you haven't heard here on the show and just an opportunity for us just to get to know one another a little bit better. So again, any question you've ever wanted to ask me personal, uh, uh personal development wise, whatever it is, this is your opportunity. I want you guys to get to know me a little bit better. Um, I want to use this obviously as a legacy piece that uh, if anything should ever happen, that my son can see back on these videos and see uh, something about my life as well. So there's a selfish reason why I do these shows every once in a while is because you never know when your time is going to be up. And for me, if my time was up tomorrow, I would definitely want this show to be in existence so that my boy could go back when he's older and be able to see some of these stories. So uh, I know you guys saw the, uh, the promo piece where I put some of those pictures on there and I've shared some of these pictures before, but uh, really what I want tonight to be about is a journey, is a journey through my life, um, to get an idea of some of the ups and downs and the challenges that I've had, but really also focus on some of the great things that have happened in my life. And some of those lessons that I've learned as well, because it has definitely been a journey. If you've been following me for any length of time, you kind of know my story. So I'm going to kind of get into it a little bit, but I know I have a lot of people new to me lately. Thank you so much for the friend requests and the follows. I appreciate you guys so very, very much. Um, and once again, just, uh, worth mentioning here, uh, one of my most passionate endeavors that I take very, very seriously is that I'm on the, on the board of directors for help heal humanity. So, uh, for those of you guys listening to this, uh, helphealhumanity.org is flashing on the screen right now. I am on the board of directors there in the USA board. And I just got to tell you that from a standpoint of volunteering and donating my time and my expertise, this bar none is one of the amazing, most amazing organizations, um, because it's truly got its heart in the right place. And its founder, Serena Buffalino is an amazing soul sister of mine. Um, her passion, her dedication. If you've seen her on these shows, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody says, oh my God, I got to get a piece of Serena um, because she's so energetic, so passionate. So whatever it is that's going on in your life, if you're looking for a place to volunteer or to donate or to to, to lend your expertise, please go to helphealhumanity.org. Go over to the volunteer page. There's a lot of different uh, positions there that we're hiring for right now non-paid positions of course um but we'd love to have you on there and just to go support the the organization uh for my birthday i would love it if you would donate to the organization as well i would love to 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 know about that as well um so thank you thank you for indulging me on that and uh yes 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 ray is uh ray put that up there as well and we got ron in the house he's like slow down dude this motherfucker right here can't like he's got to critique every fucking thing i do ron thank you so much for being here buddy i appreciate you anyway um slow down dude you want me to do anything else uh you want me to speak up you want me to do uh eBay? i know you don't want me to swear so i won't do that um do you want me to take the bandana off what's up hi ron i love you um so anyways let's get right into it so um i'm gonna figure out how to do this here for a second uh la 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 la, la. so um yeah so if you guys have never seen me if you've never seen me as a as a little brat Um, I would love to show you a couple of pictures right now. That is me, ladies and gentlemen. That is little Chris. That is little Chris. Look at my little hair right there. Um, yeah, that was one of my school pictures back when I was young and naive and still impressionable. Um, God's honest truth during these times, uh, these few pictures that I'm going to show you right now. Um, they are, uh, from a time in my life where I was very confused. There was a very confused uh, inner soul in these pictures right there. And um, man, uh, the journey that that kid has been on is absolutely amazing. And I'll tell you a story. Um, one time I was sitting there, um, I, was, uh, I was actually drinking and had a party and I, was, I pulled out some pictures and people were like, oh my God, look at you as a little kid, look at this. I got a little shiner on my uh, right eye. Um, that's very interesting. I think that happened for my mother. Um, and we had to tell the the school that I fell down and hurt myself because uh, school pictures, I think were the next day or the day after that or something like that. Um, but one day I was drinking, had this party and it's something I recommend to everybody to do, not necessarily while you're drunk, but after everybody left and I went back outside and I was sat down at the patio table, lit a cigarette, had a drink. This is back when I smoked, when I drank. And I was sitting there staring at this picture of myself, literally one of these pictures right here. And I sat there and I stared into my eyes and I was sitting there going, wow, dude, you have been on a journey. You're going to go on a journey of ups and downs of epic proportions. You're going to experience the highs of highs, the lows of lows. You're going to meet famous celebrities. You're going to have so many, so many amazing experiences. You're going to graduate with a master's degree. You're going to impact souls all over the world. You're going to do this and that. And as I was talking to this little boy, I just started crying. And I just really was just like so impacted on the fact that that little boy was me and the fact that I went from that little boy to being the person that I am today, at least the person I was back then. And I've grown so much back there since then, cause that was probably about 15 years ago at least. Um, but it was just one of those impactful situations. So I always encourage my coaching clients that sometimes if there's some inner healing work, there's some inner child work to do, You know, pick out a picture of yourself when you were younger and just look into your eyes and just give yourself massive amounts of credit for what it is that you've endured and what it is that you've gone through, because life is absolutely amazing. And when I was this little kid, nobody ever taught me how to handle my emotions. Nobody ever taught me how to deal with the bullies at school. I mean, I got bullied on the way to school. I got bullied at school and then I got bullied at home from my mom. Of course, we call that domestic violence. Um, so, yeah, that kind of made me the kid I am today. So I wanted to share that with you so you could just kind of get a, a peek of what Chris used to be. Um, yes, yes, yes. So uh, with that, I want to um, I want to show you these pictures here as well. This is um, this is a picture of, of yours truly look at that motherfucker. Um, yeah. Uh, would you let him in your house? Um this was my period where I was trying to figure things out. I was I uh, was doing drugs, I was drinking. Uh, I had a lot of stuff going on in my life. I was going to school and everything else, but uh things were pretty chaotic. I was drinking heavily by the way during this period of time and trying to figure out my life. And fortunately the when I look into the eyes of that gentleman right there, um uh, I see that there's hope and there's belief, but I also see there's a, there's a lost soul in there still trying to discover himself. And fortunately that lost soul uh did grow up one day and managed to uh to uh realize a lot of things. In life. And, uh, I share that with you also for the fact that I used to have a lot of hair. Yeah. I used to have a lot of hair. Those are my Jesus Christ days. Literally this at one time I was in a bar, no bullshit. This, uh, this, uh, 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 Marine dude or whatever it was came up to me, he was shit face drunk. And he walks up to me and he goes, you're Jesus Christ. You're Jesus Christ. I had a full on beard and everything. And I'm like, no, I'm not, dude. I'm far from it. I'm far from it. And he's like, gets down on the floor, kisses the top of my shoes. I'm not making this up. And he's like, you're Jesus. And I should have said it at the time, I'm Like, I'm he should have bought Jesus a beer. But uh, yeah, so that was, that was one of my stories. I had, I had that happen a few times. It was, I had some freaky situations happen with me and, and religious followers, but uh, yeah, I love that. And, um, and for those of you guys who haven't known me for, for quite some time, look at that. Look at that. That is Christopher Roush. That is the suit and tie Christopher Roush. This is the guy. Look at the eyes on this guy. This is the guy that was doing everything for everybody else. This is the guy that was bent on success. This is the guy that knew what to say, when to say it, knew how to people please, knew how to figure out the secrets of success in order to have monetary and egotistical um, validation. And uh, when I took on this role when i took on this persona when i really got into speaking uh and figuring this out you know i was on a mission i was on a mission for success i was on a mission to prove myself i was on a mission obviously to impact the world but at the same time there was still that lost soul inside of me that was still struggling because, you know, although I had financial success and I had egoic success and everything else, you know, there was a, still a big part of me that was showing up that was that was really not genuine, that was not congruent, that was not really satisfying the person inside. And I was always playing that someday game, like someday I'm not going to have to wear the suit and tie. Someday I'm not going to have to say these things to these people. Someday I'm just going to be able to, to coach the way I want to without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Um, and so, you know, I'm proud of these days. I'm proud of the things I accomplished as a, as a suit and tie speaker, which I'm going to show you here in a second, uh, in case you'd never see me as a suit and tie speaker. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is, this is pretty important because right around this time, uh, I was going through some challenges both personally and professionally, and I was really starting to question a lot of things in my life. And when I started looking back and thinking about what I would do for a coaching client, it started occurring to me that, you know, does this bring me joy? Yes or no and thinking about my life and thinking about who I was putting on to be Um, and the financial success and everything else was, was super great, but there was an emptiness inside of me. And you could kind of see it in my eyes. There's like this glazed over look. This was a professional headshot that I did uh, for one of my, when I was doing the suit and tie speaking. And when I look at that picture uh, I'm proud of that, but at the same time, the thing I'm most proud of is that I'm not that person anymore, that I graduated from that situation. And uh, if you guys have known me for any length of time, you guys have known. um, And of course, um, this is who I am now, which obviously you see the radiance, you see the smile. You, I mean, that's just who I am. And that's one thing I really want to get apart, get, a, get apart to you guys is if you're struggling with that identity crisis, if you're in, in struggling with imposter syndrome, if you're struggling with anything due to your identity and who you believe you should be really, really, really seriously consider why it is that you're doing that. Who, why, what are you covering up for? Who it is it you're trying to impress and let all that shit go? Because, um, you know, the person I am today you know, at 53 years old, you know, it's amazing. I, I consider this journey so absolutely incredible. Um, and you know, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed because of you know, the challenges that I've gone through and everything else. Um, and if you guys have known me for any length of time, you guys have heard me talk about my story when I was homeless and I was living in the motel. I've talked about CS to seven. This is actually a picture of the inside of one of the rooms that I was talking about. This place was a shithole. This is actually me. I'm about 15 years old uh, with my self-cut hair in my Carl's Jr. Uniform. You can see the skeezy, icky air conditioner in the back. Look at those eyes. This was, this was a tough time. This was probably right around one of the times I tried to kill myself. Um, this is definitely me being super depressed and trying to figure out things and to survive in this world. And when I look at that picture, I want to give that kid a big hug because man, he was so fucked up. He was so screwed up. He didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. He was keeping his mom happy. He was trying to keep his, keep him to keep from getting killed by people that he was around, um, doing drugs and figuring things out. I was so young in this picture. I thought I was a grown ass man. Absolutely incredible. But yeah, that's, in, that's inside. You are going to be hearing about this room. This is uh this is what I'm writing about in the book with my mom and myself called it's just you and me kid. And I talk about a lot of, of some of the stories here at Siesta seven. This is the inside of one of those rooms. This room had about, I don't know, 13 to 15 cats in it on the floor. There was one dog in this room and it was a 10 by 10 room. Um, I didn't even hardly stay in this room. I stayed in somebody else's room because it was so disgusting in there. Um, but yeah, that was one of my, that was, that was one of my pictures. And then also, Um, because I talk about CS to seven so much here is an outside picture I don't think I've ever shown this picture, but this is the outside of the motel just to give it proof and validation. It's right there. There's the five freeway right over there. But look at this. This is this is me trying to become a man, trying to trying to match what it was that I was doing in the outside world. This is my car I had a 66 Dodge Coronet. It was the it was the hearse. It was funny. Um, but uh, this is me trying to figure out who I am. And this is this is this is when I started getting heavily into the partying, uh, doing ecstasy, uh, cocaine, uh, meth uh smoking smoking pot all sorts of stuff drinking and driving uh although i think at this point i might have been 16 i might have been 17 i don't think i was 17 i was probably about 16 years old in this picture um uh, going to van halen concerts drinking and driving all sorts of shit um but yeah there's there's me trying to figure it out um one of my one of my famous looks and um yeah absolutely amazing and and i do talk about my mom a lot and i wanted to share a couple of pictures with her um You know, I found my mom always to be super, super powerful. When I was a kid, I absolutely adored my mom. And these two pictures down here at the bottom, this one is from my childhood, this is when I was a little boy. And I absolutely thought she was the the, the most beautiful woman in the planet. Um, I thought she was the strongest person in the planet. I had so much respect for her. Um, Incidentally, you guys may have heard me tell a story about how we lost the house, how we became homeless because of a cat. That is the cat. That is the cat my mom spent $5,000 to save his life. And unfortunately he had feline leukemia, which is not treatable. And she spent all that $5,000 and that's why we became homeless because she was trying to save her favorite cat versus keeping a, a roof over her son's head. Um, this is actually a picture of her in the siesta seven motel. This is before this is right when we got there. This is really before she went downhill big time, um, and started aging and getting really bad. But I want to share this picture with you because I've never shared this picture publicly either. This is my mother later in life. And, uh, subsequently we did get out of the motel. And I've been, uh, I've I've shared a little bit of the story, uh, but my mom ultimately bought a house after the motel and both of us had pretty regular lives for for a little bit, for about two years. Um, And one of the things we really got to be able to become was with friends. We became friends. And this picture right here is probably one of my favorite pictures of my mom because Uh, this is her pool. This is her pool. She had to have a four bedroom house with a pool. This is funny. A lady going from a 10 by 10 room in a motel that she's lived in. That's a trashy, sleazy motel. She wanted a four bedroom house with a pool. That's her thing. That's, that's what she wanted. This pool she had never been in. She lived in the house for like three or four years, had never been in the pool. There's a long story. It's in my book. Um, but she had all these animals. She never went in the pool. I said, mom, let's go in the fucking pool. So we finally did, and uh, she was so happy. It was it was such a cool experience to think about all the stuff that we went through being homeless. She was raped while we were homeless. Um, all the things that she endured. I mean, she wasn't a perfect mom, but man, she busted her ass and she really tried. And for her to stick to her conviction, to go from a from a from a sleazy motel to a nice house in Corona. Hats off to her, man. I mean, she had the vision in her mind. She was dead set on getting it and she got it. So um, yeah, it was one of that was one of the it was a happy day in our life uh, as mother and son. So I'm always proud to share that picture as well of my mom. Um, here's a picture of my mom that I've never shared publicly um as well. But uh this is uh this is her um later in life. This is through the two-year challenge that I talk about sometimes where she was diagnosed with lung cancer. Actually, this is a picture of her outside UCI Medical Center this is her dog my wife Barbara brought the dog up to the to, up to the hospital um this is her necrotic leg this is the day before this leg was to be amputated. Uh, my mother was a chronic smoker and unfortunately, uh, uh, developed atherosclerosis, which is a hardening of the arteries. And ultimately the doctors fucked up and didn't diagnose it correctly. She had a few femoral, uh, bypasses in her right leg. And this was, uh, the day before she was going to have her leg amputated. All she wanted was a cigarette and to come outside and see her dog before she had to go have that surgery. So I begged and pleaded with the hospital staff. I had to jump through hoops. I offered to do training sessions for them. I begged and pleaded and they let me take her outside so she could have one cigarette and see her dog. Um, so as you can see, she's somewhat smiling right there. It was a, this was one of the very challenging times of my life. The last two years of her life was absolutely excruciating on so many levels. And you will definitely read about that in the book. So, um, so stay tuned for that book, but, uh, that's going to be pretty incredible as well. So I wanted to share that with you. Um, And uh, life has always been pretty amazing for myself as well. So I want to show you a couple of things that I'm actually pretty proud of. This picture right here of myself, disregard the fact that I look stoned because I'm not. This was one of the most proudest moments of my life. This is the most proudest moments of my life. This is when I graduated from college with my master's degree in organizational management. Uh, thinking about the homeless seventh grade dropout who lived in the back seat of a station wagon, endured all that hell that I just kind of gave you a brief overview of for me to experience this in my life was absolutely phenomenal. When I walked into that convention center and, and, in my cap and gown and was just so excited. The fact that here I was, you know, I thought I was stupid all my life was bu- bullied and punished and everything else, but with amazing dedication and commitment and hard work, I went to school for 12 years. I went and got my GED, and then I went and got my AA degree, then I got my bachelor's degree, and then I got my master's degree, all while working and sometimes doing a second job as well, or a third job as well. So this picture for me, uh, with the long hair and everything else, was just really a testament to the fact that you put yourself in a situation where you make a commitment and a promise that you will not stop until you get there. Boom, you know, it's been such an honor and a blessing for me to be able to say throughout my life, I am a former seventh grade homeless dropout who ultimately got a master's degree. That alone has inspired so many people. And, and the crazy thing about it is nobody's ever really seen asked to see my degree. but uh, this is a picture I don't sh- I don't share very often as well, but that was a proud moment in my life as well when I got when I graduated with my master's degree. Another great opportunity in my life was when I got to go back to school, and speak to the seventh grade and eighth grade class disregard the fact that I look like a demon but this is when I was invited back to the school that I dropped out of that I was just talking about this is when I was invited back to speak to the seventh and eighth grade class that's me up there with the with the kids Uh, I went up there I don't know why my eyes look like I'm demonized I was sitting there wearing my kiss shirt had a blast Um, one of the most impactful Uh, speaking engagements of my life. Uh, Here is me in the gym, getting ready to present the seventh grade dropout returns home. Uh, What a phenomenal opportunity for me to go full circle. I had not been back in that school, inside the school since the day I left, which was halfway through the seventh grade. I never got to go back and say goodbye to my friends. I never got to go back and get anything that was out of my locker. I drove past the school a few times throughout the years, but to be invited to come back there and have those kids walking into the gymnasium and having me look at them and realizing that I was one of them and that my life when I was a seventh grader was about to change horrendously um, and truly for me, not to me, but for me. Those years from that time when I left school until the time I graduated my master's degree with what, what you just saw those years i am grateful for i am grateful for all the challenges all the attempts at suicide everything else i had the gun put to my i'm thankful for it all because it's created the person that i am today because i've been on that journey and i continue to be on that journey so for me to be able to stand there in that gymnasium that day was a full circle moment i will never forget and i will always cherish and here's a here's another full circle moment guess what house that is anybody in the comments guess what house that is I'll give you three seconds. I'll give you three seconds. Thank you so much, Susan. Day. Get some of these comments. She says inspiring. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh Ray says here, definitely real Chris and Ron, transparent. Absolutely. Um, Darlene says yes, I am not stopping till I get there. Love those words. Uh, obviously, Ray says goosebumps. So, thank you guys. Thank you for indulging me. You know, uh, I'm doing this really for me, for 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 uh Jackson and everything else, but thank you guys for commenting. So, yeah, this. This house is the house that I was evicted from. This is the house that uh, I spent, uh, I'd say we moved in there in 1975. I think I was six years old. Uh, and then we left in 1982, May 10th, 1982 to be exact. Uh, that was my bedroom right behind me. It was crazy. So uh, after we left school, after being on a high and speaking to the to the class, I asked my wife, I said, hey, let's go drive by the old house. And so we drove by the old house and I just sat there and I just stared at the house and I was like, you know what, Nobody's nobody's in the driveway. I'm like, I'm gonna go take a picture so it's funny i was going to show you another picture in front of the house but i forgot to put it up here of me sitting on my bicycle when i was going to like the sixth grade or something like that but yeah this is the house that i that i was kicked out of that we became homeless in and spent four years on the streets so uh for me to go back and speak to that class and go back and stand in front of the house was a great great accomplishment and there's something i want to show you right here just want to show you a snippet of this but this is on my youtube page so I am going to um let's see, I'm gonna do this for a second, then I'm gonna share the screen, make sure the audio is on here. But I just want to share a snippet of this with you. Um, because I'm super proud of this. So let's uh let's uh let's go with this and see what happens. My mom is I out home, all my friends are going to party. All this stuff. you know uh, your really it so long. So you can't do something. Try, try, try. Get in the you know. And uh going <laughs> to. Garbage in, garbage out. The words we use for ourselves. We tell ourselves
1: that we can't do something. We say, "I can't," "I
0: can't do this," or "I can't do that." You're going to do that. You're talking to someone that you can't. I can't find it. Um. Yeah. That's. That was one of uh, an incredible experience to be able to do that. I spoke to the seventh grade class and I spoke to the eighth grade class. So that's on my YouTube page. If you guys want to check it out, the seventh grade homeless, uh, seventh grade dropout returns home. Um, Absolutely phenomenal experience for me. Um, And the best part of it was after I was done speaking, each one of the classes came walking up to me and they wanted to thank me. I had kids that were homeless. I had kids that their moms were meth addicts and they were living with their grandparents. I had kids that were in Olive Crest Children's Foundation, which is a foundation that I mentor at-risk kids to. Uh, I had kids living in motels, everything. And the thing that stunned me the most, guys, here's the crazy thing about that whole experience. When I walked into the gymnasium, I had the principal and I had a couple other people there, a tech guy. And when the kids started walking in, I thought they were playing a joke on me. I literally thought they were playing a junk on me. I'm like, where are the where are the seventh and eighth graders? And like, these are the seventh and eighth graders. I said, No, 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 these guys are too young. These guys are too small. And he's like, What are you talking about, Chris? These are this is this these kids are 12 years old. These kids are 13 years old. I stopped in my tracks because when I looked back on my life, and every time I've ever looked back on my life from 13 on through that experience, I've always seen myself as an adult. I've always seen myself as a grown man. I mean, not really grown, grown. But I, I saw myself a hell of a lot older than those kids that I saw in that gymnasium. So it gave me all the more respect in everything that I endured and I accomplished during those years, um, being homeless and everything else and being able to go back there. I was just absolutely stunned so having those kids come up and tell me that at that point in my life i can't remember exactly what year this was um but it reaffirmed in those moments exactly why i'm here on earth and why i'm here is to impact the youth and impact everybody to think differently and to use my story and to share that so if you have a story that you're hiding or if you have a story that you're ignoring or if you have a story that you're not sure what to do with go inspire kids go full circle on your life and figure out where it is that you need to get back to, to to find that that soulful you that youthful you that's the secret sauce to life ladies and gentlemen um that's your secret sauce to life um here's a here's a here's a fun one for you um to share and again thank you guys uh for for checking for just in, indulging me here um this is actually a proud moment. Uh, you guys might be surprised, but there I am in a suit and tie. Um, again, this was, this was back when I was really successful as a suit and tie speaker. I'm sitting here holding some awards. I was a Toastmaster. Uh, I was in Toastmasters. If you guys aren't familiar with Toastmasters, it is a, uh, an organization that helps you perfect and get better at your, uh, uh, speaking skills, interpersonal speaking skills, um, public speaking, speakers, speaking skills, (laughs) say that 10 times fast um so yeah i was doing quite well in toastmasters one of the things that i had an issue with was that i was still edgy but a lot of the good old boys and the the uh, the old fucks at the toastmasters uh group didn't really care for me i was the president of my club and i was just getting sick and tired of the bullshit again sick and tired of the suit and tie sick and tired of their fucking crap and i was just like why am i doing this Oh yeah, I want to get better at pretending to be this this formulated speaker who holds his hand in a triangle and anchors from stage and, and does all that shit. I didn't enjoy that. I did not enjoy that aspect of speaking. I like speaking like I'm speaking right now from the heart because what I did there was great and it was good as on a scorecard, but it wasn't good as far as impacting. It wasn't really the true me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, I was on the trajectory and this is, this is back. Um, this is really back when, uh, remember this photo because I'm going to, I'm going to share another photo with you here in just a second, but, uh, yeah, there's that. Um, what is it? Uh, oh, Here's another actually, oh, here's a fun one. I'm just gonna show you this one real quick. This is me. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I was a race car driver. Um, yes, no. Um, actually, this is just a really cool experience. My wife bought me um, uh, one of those uh, uh, car experiences here in Southern California that thing's badass. If you guys have never done something like that, go do that, go do that, go buy that for somebody else. It was one of the best birthday gifts or anniversary gifts I have had. Uh, it was amazing. The, uh, they have a pit crew guy in your ear and I got the car up to the fastest you could possibly go. And the guy was kind of surprised about that. I was like revving it out. And, uh, so I had a blast with that, but I just wanted to share that because you know, life is about having great times. And, uh, actually I have, a, I have one to go back and do again. It's a, it's a supercar uh, experience. So I got it before COVID. So I got to go do that one as well. But, uh, here's another thing that I'm proud of. Here's, here's me up here. These beautiful people right here were once upon a time, one of my teams. And you guys know that I was in corporate for, uh, at the, my last company, I was there for 26 years, uh, just shy of uh, 27 years. And one of the blessings that I've had in my, in my career is to lead people. And this is an amazing band of gypsies that I led. Uh, I had a couple of supervisors in here and, uh, just an amazing crew. This was my family. This is my homies. I could tell you stories about all of these people. This was was quite some time ago, obviously, because I'm wearing a suit and tie. Um, But I share this with you because, you know, as far as proud moments go, my time in leadership and my time in corporate, um, building teams and staff, uh, changing organizations and, you know, really changing the culture of organizations and empowering people, that was one of the greatest times of my life. I really, truly loved doing it. That's what I went to school for was organizational management and really really having one of the best teams in in my company was one of the greatest things that I ever got to do. Um, one of the things that happened at, at our organization was the morale started dropping and long story short, I took it upon myself to become the head champion guy of the morale of the entire company. And much to the chagrin of my boss, I went to the three top executives of the organization and said, Hey guys, guess what? We have a morale problem, but guess what? I have some ideas. And uh, fortunately, it was received really well. And the nut of the uh, the final summation of it all was, we entered the company into the Orange County Register's best company to work for here in Southern California. The Orange County Register is a big company, is a big newspaper, so I got us to enter the 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 best company to work for. And with the caveat that each year as a management team, we would grow to get on the top of that list. So each year we would take the feedback received from the surveys and work on that with our internal staff to just really create a culture and create a climate that we could all be proud of. And so that was one of the things I was super proud of is there as well. Uh, I was recognized for having the happiest team, the most committed team in the organization. So I was always pleased with that. So yeah, just wanted to share that with you. I do miss those, those days and those experiences. Um, but at the same time, that was a former, uh, it was a former, um, it was a former life of mine. That was a former life of mine. And I'm so thankful for the relationships that I gained from that experience. A matter of fact, I just went out with one of my buddies that I haven't seen since I left corporate. Uh, we went out to uh, lunch on Friday, so that was a great time. Hadn't seen him in a while. Um, but yeah, um, some of the other cool shit that I've had in my life is, uh, I've had the opportunity to meet some celebrities, some celebrities. Uh, here's a little, here's a little boasting for me, a little boasting. Um, uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's check out this guys. Do you guys know, um, the monkeys? Hey, Hey, we're the monkeys. People say we're well, monkey. Ra-. That is Mickey Dolenz. That is me. And Mickey Dolenz got to meet him in an event. Uh great guy, funny as hell. Uh, really dug him, uh, another gentleman I got to meet once upon a time. If you guys are, um, welcome to the jungle fans. Uh, I got to meet this guy one time, uh, Mr. Duff McKagan of guns and roses. Uh, an awesome dude. He, uh, spoke for a while. And if you've never checked out his books, he authored a couple of books uh, about being a man, a uh, great writer. Uh, you wouldn't think it, but a uh, great writer, awesome speaker. What a hell of a journey had a great conversation with him he uh, signed my appetite for destruction uh, sealed album so i was stoked about that and i share these with you not to boast necessarily but at the same time when you think about my journey and you think about where i've come from to be able to be in the company of some of these people is absolutely monumental um i have had the opportunity to meet this gentleman uh, if you're familiar with Ghostbusters and one of my favorite movies, The Crow, this is Mr. Ernie Hudson. This is me uh, hanging out with Ernie backstage, uh, back when I went through a period where I was not necessarily having a mustache. It was kind of interesting, but uh, there's me and Ernie hanging backstage. Um, yeah, had a great time. I have a, the 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 Crow. Actually, let me let me uh, let me show this to you. for a second here. Um, so the the tattoo I have right here is the Crow from the movie The Crow and it says right here it can't rain all the time. So from that movie if you guys have never seen the movie the the just of the movie is the fact that Brandon Lee um made the movie and obviously was uh was killed during the the shooting of the movie. And uh in the postscript of the movie he's talking about you know, how many more sunsets are you going to see? How many more moments are you going to experience? How many more laughs are you going to have? And then obviously he was killed through during the movie. And it was just weird to see him talk about those things yet. You know, he thought that maybe his life was going to live forever, but then, you know, than that happened. And so it's been one of my favorite movies ever. And the controversy surrounding the shooting of his death had always bugged me. I'd researched the hell out of it. So I'd be able to spend time with Ernie Hudson, who was, uh, in the movie with, with, uh, with Brandon Lee, um, uh, Dr. Albrecht or not uh, Sergeant Albrecht, Dr. Albrecht. Um, that was such a cool, cool experience. He let, I said, can I ask you a question? He talked to me for over an hour. Um, great, great guy. Totally, totally dug it. Um so yeah I, I dug that and uh this guy you might you guys you might recognize as well you guys hear me talk about him every once in a while. Um this man has had an amazing impact on my life. Uh Mr. Glenn Morshower. There's me and Glenn shower. This is a, at another event where uh Glenn he's a television actor. He's got a, a TV show right now on Fox called The Resident. He was agent Pierce on 24 if you guys were uh Kiefer Sutherland fans. Uh he is going to be on season four four or five i can't i haven't watched it um the ozarks uh glenn Shower is going to be on that final season of that so i know a lot of people watch that but uh this gentleman right here uh really taught me how to be raw and scripted um back in, in the days where i this is recently when i when i started going to become the kick-ass guy the live speaker and, and changing my branding from the suit and tie and everything else But I was still so stuck on making sure I remembered everything to say. And, you know, as a speaker and being, being, you know, scripted and all other stuff that I learned in Toastmasters, Glenn Morshower came out in front of over 600 people one night and said, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Are you okay with that? And I watched people kind of go, okay. And he just started having a conversation with the crowd and connected with them and moved us. It was so incredible. And I was like, I want to do that. And so I would talk to him later. He's like, just do it. I'm like, that's freaky. You're not having anything prepared. Are you serious? But as I started trusting my heart, as I tra- started trusting this, not as much, but trusting my heart, trusting the messages will come through. I may forget some important things. I thought about some things I want to share tonight. If I forget them, it's no big deal because I know everything else is coming from the heart and I know everything else is going to impact. But Glenn taught me that, uh, I had the amazing experience to, um, uh, to do some Friday night lives with him and Ken Walls back when, um, uh, when uh COVID first started, and uh just had a great, great time, shared clubhouse rooms with them. Um, and uh yeah, just a phenomenal person uh to be able to be mentored by. So thank you, Glenn, for being a part of my life. And uh last one I want to show on this one, you guys may have seen me share this before. Mr. Les Brown. Who knows Les Brown? Les Brown, the famous, the infamous, Les Brown. Look at that smile, look at that laugh. Look who's giving him that laugh, the kick-ass guy. Not the suit and tie guy, not the guy with the hair and everything. Well, I still have hair there. I mean, I still have hair now, but I now I should save it. Um, Les Brown, I was training with him. I got to, get me, the homeless guy, the guy I just took you through the journey of. I got to train with Les Brown for three days. Part of the uh, the the deal was that he's going to, he interviews me on camera, which is also on my YouTube channel. So I got to be interviewed by Les Brown, uh, which is amazing. But here's the cool thing. Les, the first night when we got to, when we started doing the training, we all got about 20 minutes up on stage where Les was gonna critique us and kind of just see what type of speakers we were. He spent over an hour on me. I have it on recording. And he was like, you know, the bandana thing. And do you swear in front of kids? And did, and just like getting into all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, here's why I do this. And here's why I do this. And he was just like, hmm, hmm, I don't agree with that. Hmm, tell me about this. And we just had this awesome conversation. I could tell everybody was just like, what the hell? This guy's crazy. Why are we spending so much time on him? And everybody else had suit and ties on and all looking professional and all kissing his ass. Um, and uh, so it's pretty crazy. So the last day of training, he comes walking into the speaker room. We're actually supposed to go up to his suite, and then he's going to interview me. He comes walking in the door. I'm standing there talking to some people. And he goes, "What's up, Mr. Kickass? What's up, Mr. Kickass?" And um, and uh, and uh, I was just like, I was like, "Hey, what's up, Les? How you doing?" He's like. You got one of those kerchiefs for me, man. You got one of those kerchiefs for me. He called it a kerchief. And I said, Yeah, dude. Cause whenever I go to events, I carry bandanas in the back in my back pocket. And I said, What do you want? I said, I got a red, black one, and I got a blue one. He's like, give me the blue one. Give me the blue one. And I said I go to hand it to him, right? Les brown. I'm not going I'm like, oh, are you gonna do, blow your nose in it? He goes, No, 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 put it on me, fool. Put it on me. And so I got to sit there and wrap the bandana and put it on Les's, put it around Les's face. I got pictures of me doing that as well. And we did a couple of different poses, did some gang signs, stuff like that. And everybody in the room was just like, what the fuck is going on here? The guy that stepped out of his comfort zone, the guy that's just being him, the guy that's just owning who he is, is connecting with the guy who doesn't get him, but does get him because Les A few minutes after this happened, Les pulls me out into the Sheridan Gateway Hotel lobby. This is not a joke. This is dead serious. I still remember it as if it was yesterday. Sheridan Gateway Hotel, Los Angeles Airport. Pulls me right behind the stairs as they go upstairs. He's like, listen, Chris. He goes, man, he goes, I could put you on stages. He goes, you are a brilliant speaker. You are an amazing speaker. You have so much heart and energy. He goes, but I can't do this. He goes, I can't do this and I can't do the language. I said, I tell you what, Les, I said, I, I don't swear on stage. I said, I say kick ass. I said, that's, that's the most thing I, I do. I said at this point. So, but why not this? I said, we're all unique. Why not? And so he was like, well, oh, you know, I got, I don't wear a suit. You know, I wear, I wear uh gym clothes. You know, I just wear sweats all the time. And he goes in, and, and I can share this with you now because it's public knowledge. He told me this, he goes, he goes, I don't even, because my hair is all gray. He goes, I color it with mascara because my, my, my skin, because I'm black, can't handle the, the hair dye. He goes, so I color my hair with mascara. And he was just like nearing to me, like he is somebody else, but he puts all of this stuff on to, to, to be who he is because he makes a lot of money and impacts a lot of lives. I seriously th- sat there and went suit and tie, suit and tie work with Les Brown. Oh my God. No, no. No, and this story alone has helped so many people because yes, that would have been awesome. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Les Brown and Tony Robbins, their tapes got me through so much of my life, got me through so much of my life. But that was at the point, remember those eyes I was talking about and all the other pictures that I showed you? That my soul wasn't there. My soul is in these pictures. My soul is there, right? You know, when I think about this moment, when I think about this moment, man, that is, a, that is a proud moment. That is a proud moment because we went to dinner one of the nights and, and Les was sitting to my left. Les was sitting to my left in, at the dinner table and my buddy Martin was across the, the table from me and he's like, Chris, I don't understand why you don't do the suit and tie, man. Les Brown's right there, blah, blah. And I simply looked at him. I go, Martin, and there was probably about 13 of us at the table. I said, Martin, who's everybody talking about? And he goes, he goes, you're fucking brilliant. And I go, I'm just being me. (laughs) I said, I'm just being me, baby. I'm just being me. I'm just being me. That's all I want to do. That's all I ever wanted to do, you know, is just to be me. And that's one of the things I really wanted to get across to you guys tonight in, in this conversation is go back through your journey go back through your story, go back and, and, and see where it is perhaps in your journey that, that that luster is gone. And maybe the luster is still gone, maybe you've got it back. But look at those times and really decide what it is that you can do to help humanity, what it is that you can do with your story to help others who might have been or might be going through that same situation that you have gone through or that you're going through. Um, you know, it's it's an amazing thing to call life and to, and to continue the journey and to be able to step outside of our comfort zones. Because listen, guys, you know this, we all know this. Life is not promised. Tomorrow is not a guarantee. You see it in all my social media posts. No regrets, no regrets, no regrets. And so I use that leverage every single day. And some days it freaks me the fuck out. 53 years old. Oh my God, I got a five-year-old son. Time, it's evaporating. My uncle just passed away last week. He's my last living relative that I know of. My sister might still be alive. I'm not sure about that. Before I publish the book, I'm gonna find out for damn sure. Um, uh, but yeah you know, and I was literally, we had been talking about reaching out to one another. Um, and then COVID all hit and he had to be super safe and and careful because he was older. And, um, we were going to talk about my mom. He was going to tell me some stories about, nope, I took it for granted. I'm like, he's young. Life is short guys. You know, the sooner you get to where you truly love yourself and you're not, you're not apologizing for anything. And you're truly owning who you are. And you give the best to everybody else. You don't give them the finger. If somebody's come coming your life, we know that people come into our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. I wish all the people well. The people who have backstabbed me, the people who have talked behind my back, the people who, who whatever. I wish them all well in a successful way. There's enough for us all. But I'm not going to sit there and harp on shit in my past. I'm not going to try to go back to any of that stuff. That's not the person I am anymore. Every single day, I strive to become a new person. Every single day, I, I strive to leave a legacy that I'm going to be proud of. Should anything happen to me between tomorrow and my next show or tonight and my next show, this show I will be super proud of. This show will stand on its own and be able to tell my son, this is who your dad was. And most of all, what I want this show to do is I want this show to impact you, the listener, the viewer, whether this is live right now, or you're, it's, it's something you listen to two years from now, whatever it is, or whatever I say now, I want to plant a seed so that one day that seed grows and germinates. And then what you do is you go back and you pay it forward and you go back and help other people in your life. That's what's the amazing thing about this is this world is that we get to do that for one another. So again, ask me questions. I would love to be an opportunity to ask you any questions. Um, Susan says here, I love Les Brown. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Robert says here, that show and Glenn and a guy named Scott during COVID was a lifesaver. I'm talking about the show that we did that, that created that. Um, we actually started a show before that. Um, that's another, that's another story. Um, uh, we won't go into that one. Uh, da, 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 da. let me see. Um, what other questions we have or things we have? Um, Susan says here, I was told today, if I don't, if you don't stand up to the bully abuser, you're worse than they are. I was told today, if you don't know no, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't, you don't, you're not even comparing, you're not even comparing anything. Um, you know, yeah, I'll talk to you offline, Susan, but yeah, that's, you know, no. Um, so what else we got here? What else we got here? Um, yeah, Robert says here, I love his laughter. It is, uh, is the best we're talking about, uh, uh um, we're talking about, um, less. So here's another thing I want to show you. This is just a little, I just a little fun, little fun. I want to show the, show you this. So uh, bear with me for a second. Thank you guys. Um, let's see. Let's see. Whoops, Nope. I want to do that. Don't want to do that. So there uh, we go. Here's another, here's, here's just me in action. I just want to, I want to share this with you because this is kind of cool. Um, This is me in action. Kick out of that. So let's talk about what success is. Now, success is
1: your attitude plus
0: your decisions. No matter what you do in life, no matter where you are, whether it's this room, whether it's your job, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your loved ones, everything comes down to your attitude and the decisions you make. Plain and simple. I break down specifically. was my about? Suit and tie speaker suit and tie speaker. I sit there and look at, I'm like, you know what? It was kind of a fun time. It was interesting. I had a good time doing it. Still got to be me, which was kind of funny because you know, you know how I am, but then here I am wearing a suit and tie. Uh, so it was pretty engaging. I, I kept these, uh, I kept these people laughing quite a bit, um, which was always fun. So, um, yes. And the, um, the last part of my story that I want to share with you guys tonight is probably the, uh, probably the most important part of my story. Um, you guys know this part of my story, but I would just want to share this with you as well. Um, November, let me just, let me just, let me just talk. You guys know that my, uh, my anniversary was just recently. Right. Um, and you know that, uh, I spend and I share my life with a, with an amazing woman. Her name is Barbara Rausch. Um, this is a picture of us, um, pretty soon after we first started dating. So there we are. Uh, she's all about 22 and I am 32. And as if you can see, Um, yours truly has braces. So yeah, I had braces back then when we first started dating. And, uh, here's the, here's a cool story. Here's a cool story. Um, me and this beautiful lady, we met, um, at an industry event. I was the co-chair of a United States postal forum, um, partnership. So there was the United States postal forum. And then there was a bunch of business mailers who mailed, um, parcels and everything through the post office. Right. And so I belonged to this organization of the business people. And we would go to these meetings once a month. And I was a very standout person from everybody else at these meetings. They, uh, they, um, recruited me to be on the board. So I was on the board. I was the treasurer. I was other stuff. And then the people at the the postal customer council meetings nominated me to become the co-chair to actually become the president of the club, president of the organization. So it was pretty crazy. So, uh, got nominated. Was like there's no way i'm gonna win i won so here we are at the first postal customer council meeting and i'm walking around i'm wearing a suit and tie and everything i think i was wearing a suit and tie and uh making my hellos and everything was congratulating me like all right chris you know and you got to understand the postal service was a bunch of old people um stuck in their boxes i could tell you stories about some of my interactions with them but um these uh two ladies uh that i knew who um through through the industry or whatnot said so chris what are you gonna do to spice up these pcc meetings postal customer council meetings and i said hmm that's a great question ladies i said i'm thinking naked strip musical chairs are you guys gonna play and uh this is back when you could say shit without worrying about being sued um and they both looked at me like what and barb spun around and she goes i'll play and i went how are you doing and so let's just say uh i found out where she worked and i found out um i found out uh um her phone number whatnot and we had our first date um which you guys know if you guys were watching uh my social media we had our uh, 20th anniversary of our first date on saturday had a beautiful time down in huntington beach and then ultimately five years later um we did this we did that We got married, we got married uh, in Jamaica. So uh, I'd already been married once before. And I was like, if I get married again, it's going to be on the beach. And um, yeah, I mean, I just knew she was the right woman. And uh, five years later, we got married in Jamaica, had a bunch of our friends there, we did a destination wedding. And it was absolutely just insane. Um, and we did it on our terms and had a blast. I had, uh, I was wasn't wearing any shoes and we had a great time party there. We're there for 10 days. Absolutely had a blast. Um, and she's been one of the most amazing people in my life. Her love, her support, her generosity, um, her sense of humor, her brilliance. Um, uh, she and my first wife, Tammy, really, I owe it to both of them for taking in a broken person and really helping me learn how to love again, especially my first wife, Tammy, an amazing soul. Actually, my, they both know each other. So don't freak out. They're all friends. Actually, when I did a, I did a, a live radio show before I did the Ron unscripted show called the Kickass radio show. And on that show, I interviewed, my first wife first, then I interviewed both of them together and then I ended the show interviewing my current wife. That was one of the best shows. It was it was so cool. And that's the kind of guy I am. I'm friends with all my exes. Um, so it's kind of crazy. but uh, you know, starting my life out with her, we just had an amazing journey. And through that process, obviously um, one of the things that came up in the conversation when we first started dating early on was kids. And it's like, we're going to have kids. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm not really a kid person. Um, so we actually broke up. Truth be told, we broke up and uh, we got back together. We'll just, we'll just call that. I, I won't tell you that story, but we got back together. And ultimately I said, okay, when I'm 40 and you're 30, we'll have one kid. And so 30 came and our 40 came and 30 came and I was like, all right, well, let's go. And much to my surprise, we did not wind up pregnant right away. And I was like, what is that about? Right. Right. And truth be told, I'm not embarrassed to say this, but I had a lot of crazy sex when I was younger, back in the days when you could do that and actually have fun, um, protected and unprotected. You know, it is what it is. Don't send me any hate mails or whatever else. But I always kind of wondered why I never had a little Chris running around. I mean, for the most part, I was safe. Don't make me feel like i'm slut or anything um but i was kind of wondering like hmm, do i have a little chris running around so my wife and i tried for years and years and years to have a baby and then ultimately went to see a um what do they call those uh fertility doctors went to the fertility doctor and i thought for sure it was something with her i thought i'm all good i'm all good i'm a stud i work out and Found out we both had situations going on that was uh, definitely going to hamper the opportunity for us to conceive a baby naturally so we decided we made the investment to do in vitro fertilization spent quite a large amount of money on that um wound up only having one egg that we could fertilize and in an implant and unfortunately that did not make it so after uh many many years of trying naturally and then doing the in vitro fertilization route we were pretty bummed at the opportunity of becoming parents and honestly i'd always like okay if it works it works and if it doesn't it doesn't i was kind of um not pathetic about it, but I was just kind of like, you know, whatever's in the cards I'm happy with, you know, it, it is, it is what it is. But, um, given the fact that we were very passionate about becoming parents and from my work in foster care and everything else, we started asking about adoption. And so on November 26th, November 26th of 2016, I became a dad. I became a dad. This is the first picture. As you know, we adopted uh, Jackson from birth. That is the birth mother, Mina. And of course myself and my wife, my wife actually had the opportunity to cut the umbilical cord for Jackson. Um, absolutely an amazing, amazing experience. We're still, it's an open adoption. We're still friends with them. They're friends on our Facebook, uh, an amazing woman here, Mina, uh, and, uh, Jackson already knows we've already had the discussion with them. We keep having the discussion with them. But when I became a dad, Um, let's talk about, let's talk about shift. Let's talk about shift and the lessons that I learned. One of the biggest lessons you hear me talk about a lot now is moments, right? Moments, legacy, patience, you know, really asking ourselves, what is it that we want to be most remembered for? Right. And I've told you the story before being at a funeral back in 2008, thinking about if, if I died tomorrow, who would show up and what would they say? I want you guys to think about that. You died tomorrow. Who would show up and what would they say? Are you proud of that? Are you proud of that? You know, for me at that point, no. 10 or 15 people are going to show up with a bunch of booze and their motley crew and Bon Jovi records and tell funny stories about shit that I did that was stupid. That's not the way I ought to be remembered. So from that point forward, I really truly committed myself to becoming that person and and investing myself and starting my company, Master Motivators, and taking my speaking and everything else seriously. Um, And then to become a dad, right? Wow. Absolutely amazing what it is that I've learned. Such a blessing for me. I am so grateful to God, source universe, to the birth parents, to to Jackson, to my wife, because the patience and the understanding and the the empathy that I've learned, um, the ability to surrender and be in the moments and not be tied up in egotistical bullshit, not be tied up in stuff that I can't impact or affect. You know, I used to be a, a, a news watcher. I used to be a political follower, you know, and all that other stuff. And my son has taught me, that every moment, every gift, every breath, you know, is so amazing to experience. But yet we we get so fucked up in 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 fucking TikTok and all this other shit. You know, when you think about your life and think about all the things that you invest your time in, and if you're in a situation where you're not happy, you got to look at where your priorities are at. My son taught me the priority is making sure I take care of myself mentally, physically, and spiritually, which oftentimes we think is a selfish situation. But if I'm not at my best, how can I take care of him? my best emotionally, especially leaving corporate has been the best thing for me. I probably saved probably 20 years, uh, added 20 years to my life. I'm a much better dad, but yeah, I mean the financial stuff and everything else is important too, but man, the legacy that we get to leave and the impact that we get to do with our time. And when we get to choose what it is that we're doing, that is powerful stuff, guys. That is powerful stuff. You, If you follow my social media, you know how much I love my son. You know what an impact he has made in my life. We got the Jackson and Daddy show coming up pretty soon. We got that coming up. Um, we got the book coming up uh, that I'll be writing about my mom and myself my life is amazing now. It's not without its challenges. Trust me, trust me. I've had some dark moments, even recently, you know, where I'm just like questioning what's going on in the world. And I know because I'm an empath that a lot of that stuff resonates in my body and I get, I get kind of sucked into it and it it bugs me. But every single day is a present and is a gift. And as long as I'm alive and I get to share my stories with you guys, and we get to have these conversations and you get to walk away empowered and inspired, and you get to make changes in your life and you tell me about it. That's the legacy that keeps building. That's the life that keeps sustaining my energy and my commitment and my passion for everything else that I've done in my life and will continue to do in my life. The books that I continue to write, the nonprofit organization that I'm going to start, the kids in the schools that I'm going to impact. Together, you and I, by stepping up and stepping out of our comfort zone and continuing this path of growth can impact the world in such an amazing way. And right now people need us people need us more than ever. People are hurting and struggling. People are suffering. And together we can work on ourselves and make ourselves better and then go lead by example and and set that example for others, people to follow so that we can make this world a better place. Because trust me, I want history books to be written in 20 or 30 years to say this generation, 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024, 25, all these people stood up, and we changed what was going on in this world. And I'm not talking about all the political stuff. We stood up for ourselves. We stood up together. We started seeking first to understand, then to be understood. We started looking past all the labels and all this other bullshit that's going on in life to really see what's inside of everybody, because we're all more the same than we are different. I don't care what label you put on it, gay, straight, Republican, Democrat, whatever, black, white, anything. You split us down the middle. We're all the same. We all have the same organs. They're transferable. I can give you a heart. You can give me a kidney that makes us more the same than we are different. But yet, what do we do? What do we go look for? We look for how we're different. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of this school called life, please join me in finding out how we are more the similar than we are different. Please join me in having conversations with people once again, and finding out where we can find some middle ground on some of the arguments that we're having instead of just going, nah, you're stupid. You're stupid. then nah, nah, nah. here's all my statistics. Fuck off, nah. How about having some conversations? I put that out to people recently. I said let's have some difficult conversations. And sadly, some people don't want to have those conversations. And I feel bad for those people, you know, because without those conversations, what is it you're doing? You're just living in your own little world. Me, 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 me. I got this all figured out. I don't want to No, let's have some conversations. Let's grow. Let's expand. Let's not, let's not have this divisiveness. Let's not have this right versus, you know, wrong, right? One of the biggest lessons I've learned in my life is right versus happy. I could be right all day long, but if I sit there and I prove you wrong, what does that do? That puts you on the defensive. What are you going to do if you're defensive? You're going to come out swinging. You're going to find something to make me feel bad. That's what we did as little kids, right? You think about that. But some days I just want to be happy. I can sit there and prove a lot of people wrong on social media. I see them post their stupid stuff. I go research some statistics or whatever, and I could easily post something. And sometimes I do. I'm like, hey, have you considered this? But I want to be happy right i don't mind kind of go around proving people wrong because that's what my mom did and then she was a miserable person um in some respects so um yes 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 uh robert sitting here saying uh i will see you at the power of we absolutely i am going to be speaking at the power of we thank you robert for that um april 28th in chicago at the Stan mansion with my buddy lauren michaels harris and don fossette and jason cisneros and a bunch of other people we're going to be out there at the Stan mansion speaking to the youth of america the teens um, i'm super excited about it and robert's going to be there so i get to meet robert and person. Um, yes, 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 yes. So, Hey guys, I just want to thank you. Thank you for indulging me in this opportunity to share a little bit of my life, have a raw and unscripted conversation with you. So now what is it that I want you to do from this point forward? Go review your life go review the ups and downs, go be proud of yourself, go, go be proud of the accomplishments that you've, you've earned. And better yet, sit there and make a plan for yourself. what it is that you are going, what it is that you're going to commit yourself to becoming and the legacy that you truly want to leave now. And whatever it is that I can do to help you, please reach out to me. I mean, that's my mission in this world. So whatever I can do, if you've never had a complimentary coaching session with me, hit me up. I'll send you the link to my calendar. We'll get you on there. We'll talk about one of the major areas in your life that you're struggling with. I'll pour into you. I'll give you some things to think about. And I promise you, you'll walk away from the conversation empowered and inspired. Uh, if it works out to be a coaching relationship, great. If not, it's no big deal. It's my way of giving back and thanking you for being a part of this broadcast. Thanking you for being a part of the Misfits for Life. Thanking you for being part of the Raw scripted family, the unfilled family, every family I'm a part of on the clubhouse and everything else. I just love you guys. And I want you to show up in the world each and every day, being the best you that you really love to be. Not anybody else wants you to be, be you, be you unapologetically. All right. Whatever it is I can do to to support you guys. Please, please, please let me know. Um, just want to see if there's any comments in here. Um, you guys are, uh, amazing. Oh wait, Ray says here, when was your epiphany moment? Um, geez, for which thing? Um, my biggest epiphany moment for me, the biggest moment where I, um, uh, geez, I've had a few of them. I'll tell you guys about a story, you know, when, um, yeah, well, no, not that one. Um, there's some stories I'm saving for the book. My epiphany moment really honestly was when I was in the motel, when, uh, I had already tried to commit myself, commit suicide twice. Unfortunately I sucked at it. And then I came back one time, Walking through the back part of the motel, and this guy goes, Hey man, you want to buy a carton of reds? And I was like, No, man, I don't smoke them. Thanks. He's like, What? What? You know, I see you smoke a cigarette right now. You fucking smoke reds, you smoke something. And started having this conversation. Long story short, you guys have heard me talk about it. I had a nine millimeter put to my head, and I thought I was gonna get my brains blown out. And I told the guy, I said, Pull the fucking trigger. Pull the fucking trigger. Because I was ready to have my brains blown out. I was good. I was like, "Mm, mom's gonna miss me now. This is gonna be good. I'm gonna be on the news. All for nothing, my entire life, just to wind up right here and have my brains blown out in the fucking parking lot of a sleazy motel. And fortunately, somebody came out who was a friend of mine who was also black obviously I'm not black. The guy that was trying to get me was black. He thought I was being racist, but my other brother, Will came out and says, no, man, him and his, him and his mom's cool. Him and his mom's cool. I am getting to know the guy that was going to blow my brains out. His name was Keith um, and actually helped him out later. Uh, a couple of weeks later, he got into a, a super bad fight and wound up in the hospital and wound up in a, in a neck cage of all things. So yeah, life has its way of working out. But uh, yeah, my epiphany moment was then because then I decided, I looked at my life and I said, okay, how am I going to get out of this situation? Uh, either in a casket, or in a squad car, or by my own choice. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, when you saw those pictures, that lost soul took responsibilities for his life and left mother in that motel. Didn't leave mother, still went back and provided support to her, but I left that motel and that started the dominoes that went into play to create the person that's standing in front of you today. I love you guys. I want to respect your time. You are amazing people. I'm gonna go back and check out your comments, but uh, definitely want to respect your time. I appreciate you, go Susan. You rock. Appreciate you. Um, thank you, Angel. Not sure why you're still not showing up. Uh, but again, if this if this episode impacted you, I know it's kind of a personal episode, but uh, if you feel that it was impactful, please share this out with other people um, because that's my intention every single day is to impact the world with my words and my authenticity and everything else. So love you guys keep being awesome and uh we'll see you here next week on the Ron and Scripted show. I'm Christopher Roush and